We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, none other than my fellow football priest, my co-host, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we don't really have uh, tons of, of new news or new rumors, but yeah. um, there was a storyline we didn't really talk that much about last week in the uh, from Broncos minicamp, which was Josie Jewell kind of stirring the pot a little bit, all in good nature, all in good faith. There's nothing like nefarious. I mean, this is Josie Jewell we're talking about. This dude is, you know, uh, as as pure as the driven snow, let's say. All right. But did you see his comment, what he what he said about Riley Moss uh, getting the best of Jerry Judy in a one on one and then how things kind of got acrimonious? Let me ask you that first. First of all, it's such great experience for Riley Moss because Jerry Judy is a, such a technician as a route runner. And uh, if anything, going up against him in practice is going to make Riley Moss a better cornerback. But I think the stance that you took about it, Chad, that it's it's good motivation, good competition for Jerry Judy, someone who probably needs that stabilizing factor. He needs some tough love. He needs to kind of fall down a few times, and I think it'll make him a better player. So it's a rookie going up against a seasoned veteran. And more importantly, it's a seasoned veteran kind of being shut down by a rookie who might be well ahead of his year so far. Let me uh, directly quote Josie Jewell, just so everybody knows the score here. All right. This is what jo- uh, Josie said June 8th uh, when he was asked about Riley Moss, because after all, they share an alma mater. They're both from Iowa. Jewell, quote, I didn't know him very well. No, just saw him play at Iowa. I heard a little bit about him. Riley's had a couple of good days. I think he stopped Judy one of these days, one-on-one. So you'll have to say something to Judy about it. He was a little upset. So a lot of bickering back and forth. But no, I love to have those Iowa guys here. I think they had a similar culture back at Iowa. Now this was, close quote, This he's also referencing undrafted rookie linebacker Seth Benson. All right, cut to, Zach. Uh, the next week, media availability, right? Sean Payton, of course, drip-feeding media access to players. So we didn't get to hear from anybody till literally one week later. And it was Judy at the podium, and he gets asked about Riley Moss. And the question, forgive me, I I don't remember who it was. It was kind of posed, uh, postured a little bit, Zach, like with knowledge of what Josie said. Mm -hmm. And Judy took it in stride, laughed, smiled, glinted in his eye, said, quote, you're trying to be funny. Josie said it the other day. 
No, Moss, he's doing his thing. He's good. He moves fluid. He's got good hips. He's pretty good, close quote. So, Zach, the only thing to me that really makes this a story is, uh, whether it was Freudian or on purpose, Josie's saying a lot of bickering back and forth. Yeah, I mean, offensive, defensive receivers tend to be divas. They're all, you know, extreme competitors. They want to get the best of each other. But um, I feel like this is a little bit of a more mature Jerry Judy. I might just yes. be being optimistic by saying that, but he wouldn't have handled the situation when outwardly in front of the media, I feel like the same way a few years ago. So again, it's great experience for him. And Riley Moss, a lot of, of members of Broncos country are kind of forgetting about Riley Moss already. You know, Marvin Mims gets all the love. Drew Sanders gets a lot of love, but Riley Moss, the ability to play cornerback and safety uh, coming in from kind of a pro style scheme, uh, a day one contributor. I'm really excited to see what he can do under VJ, Chad. Me too, and I'm trying to wake up this camera because when it goes out of sync, this is what I get for navigating away. Come on, baby. Come back to me. All right. Uh, there we go. There we go. Um, to the topic at hand, I agree with you 100% about Judy's the maturity thing because you and I used to um, – I don't know. I wouldn't say criticism. I guess it was criticism, but his, his press conferences uh, for the first two years he was in this league – you could maybe even say last year, not as much last year, but especially the first two years, they were like straight adversarial almost with yep. as far as like, I, I'm up here because I have to be up here right. and I don't want to tell y'all anything. I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it brief. And even in, in the uh, spirit of keeping it short and brief, he would say things that would just kind of like, really dude, come on, time to grow up a little bit. I think it's pretty clear that he has just the fact that, when he got asked that question and it was kind of tonally uh, postured in a way to, to maybe bait him. Uh, and he just kind of laughed and took it in stride. And then not only that, Zach, did he not only not uh, pardon the double negative, uh, take the bait, but then he turned the other cheek and he gave the rookie props, right? He mm -hmm. cr uh, complimented a couple of different aspects of his skill set. So I think it bodes well for Judy. And maybe a, a part of this is like, He's feeling the love. He didn't exactly get a second contract, but he's getting a, what is it, a 3X raise? Not this year, but next year by virtue of the fifth-year um, option. I think you're spot on about a few things. Uh, Jerry Judy was very defensive, a little combative, and very much like he's doing the press a favor by being up there and yeah. taking questions. That's how he used to be. He's not like that anymore, so it is a sign of growth. But I do feel, I was thinking this while you were talking, Jerry Judy and Sean Payton had an understanding, the same understanding that Cortland Sutton had. When they didn't trade him, they didn't give in to the rumors. They, they held on to them despite really not needing to. They could have flipped one of them. Sean Payton probably said, and I'm guessing here, we're counting on you. Mm -hmm. This is not your rookie season. This is not your follow-up season. This is a new chapter, and you have to be ready to go. You have to be ready to leave it all out there and put the personal BS behind you, put the off-the-field BS behind you. It's a new Jerry Judy. And you know what? So far, we're seeing that, Chad. Oh, look at this. Uh, contemporary breaking news right now. Look at that. The Duchess, Michaela Parker, with a generous super chat from the top rope. She says, Priest, you want news fresh from the press? It's my birthday. LOL. Happy birthday to you, Michaela. I hope you've had a great day so far. And thank you for letting us know, because if we would have learned later that we let your birthday pass without wishing you a happy birthday, we would have been displeased and, and so Thank you. Love you. Appreciate you. Happy birthday. 
should almost be a national holiday or at least like a podcast national holiday. That's right. You know, Michaela being the Duchess. Michaela Day. Yeah, Michaela Day. Thank you so, so much, Michaela. And hope you, like Chad said, had a very happy birthday. And we're very appreciative that you're closing it out with us tonight. And look at this. Wolfie, happy birthday, Michaela. Hashtag mile high salute. Hashtag I'm work. I'm work lurking. Work lurking. Work lurking. Dope. Thank you, Wolfie, for the uh, for the super chat. And I'm sure Michaela appreciates the. uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The regards on her b-day as well uh we also have legend fa in the house mount rushmore superstar who got to hang with uh scott on friday really cool right. we got a picture of their their uh meeting up to commemorate it anyway up on uh mhh instagram make sure you're following mile high huddle on instagram if you're using instagram fa love you appreciate you zach you, and i man. hope one day we get to meet you as well that's Big right dog and thank you for the super he says happy sunday fellas and scott in the background it was awesome meeting scott uh it's like i met a celebrity lol also happy birthday michaela so uh props all around for the duchess from the community and this is one of the things zach that i love the most about um what our community in specifically is everybody always looking out for each other everybody always uh i don't know it's just looking after our own so to speak Everyone circles the wagons, and that's what makes, I think, our podcast and our community, like kind of what you were saying there, Chad, special. And uh, we don't ever not acknowledge it. Not a day goes by where we don't talk about how great you guys are. Thank you so much, F.A. Scott's a cool dude, man. I had fun meeting him last year at the meet and greet. And uh, anyone who wants to meet Scott, myself, Chad, all of the MHHers, we have the MHH meet and greet week seven coming up very soon. We're getting closer, Chad. We're under, yep. what, four months now? We're getting uh, getting there. So hope to see you there, F.A. Thank you again. We're inching ever closer. October, is it 22nd? 22nd. 22nd. So it's going to be dope. The GLP, we're expecting to see as well. Gary Palmer, who from last I heard is probably going to be making the trip with uh, David McElrath. So very cool. Thank you for the super, Gary. And he's saying as well, happy birthday, Michaela. And then, of course, tipping his cap to us in greeting, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Dylan. Yeah, shout out to Dylan in the chat on YouTube helping uh, – helping keep things on the up and up over there. So always appreciate you, uh, Dylan. But Gary, thank you, bro. Great to see you tonight. 
gang's all here. Um, you know, one thing, Zach, that we kind of got out of the habit of doing, we've kind of saved it every single night for only the end of the show. We used to do this twice. In fact, for most of the existence of this podcast, we would do it at the beginning of the show after we kind of got to our first little topic. And then we do it at the end. And that is just a couple of quick. I'm not going to I'm not going to derail our combo because there's still actually lots to talk about. Uh, matter of business. First thing first, though, real quick, guys. You want to get one of these Buckham t-shirts, all right? You want to get a hat, mhhmerch.com, all right? Go get your swag on. And then just make sure this is something that we've been having a lot of fun with lately is growing our Instagram, at mile underscore high underscore huddle. So connect with us over there. And then do not forget, please, uh, if you are an Apple user, even if you don't listen to the show on Apple, that you're here just every night with us on YouTube, open up the uh, Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a five-star review uh, helps us out a lot, and it enters you into the drawing. Each and every month, we draw uh, randomly a five-star reviewer from the month in question, give them a little piece of – a little a little uh, care package, so to speak. Um, okay, back into the chat here. We have uh, F.A. once again throwing down. Proving uh, us right, F.A. Generous form. She, he says, this is for Michaela's cake. She deserves the biggest cake. Yeah, maybe does. maybe Zach, we gotta we gotta have a cake ready to go when we see her uh, in October. You know, that'd be prudent. What do you like to What do you like, Michaela? Let us know. We'll have it ready for you. Thank you again, FA. That's so generous. Do you like cake though, Zach? Yeah, are you I'm a cake a... eater? Like at birthday parties or whatever, when cake finally gets served, etc. Are you like eating that cake? I'm always eating the cake. I'm more of a cookie guy, Chad. But I like chocolate cake. You know, uh, birthday cake stuff like that. I don't know what it is because far be it from me. Uh, to turn my nose up at sweets. I mean, I love sugar as much as the next cat, but I never feel like eating cake. I don't know what it is. <clears throat> kind of a weird thing. Zach, did you see uh, Rod Smith? So once again, uh, I got to give some some props to uh, Chris Thomason, who has been getting some really good uh, off-season stories, helping us with the off-season fodder, as it were, not mm -hmm. to you know, minimize his work. He does great work. I give him a lot of props, but he uh, got together with Rod Smith and it was a very, very intriguing uh, conversation. They had two things that Rod Smith said, and I'm going to paraphrase one on the subject of him basically still being snubbed by the hall of fame. He said, I believe that I des I'm deserving, but I'm not a voter. And then another thing he said uh, was, I am the best undrafted receiver in NFL history, both of which I agree with, both points. But as I was writing up this article to uh, aggregate the story for MHH, I was just getting like more pissed off and more irritated the more I'm like the words are, are coming out of my fingers and I'm sitting here going through talking about Rod Smith's resume and his contribution to Broncos canon and then like doing a quick reminder search of the – wide receivers who have been enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame like just in the last five years. By the time I was done with that article, I was so irritated and just like perplexed that Rod Smith gets no love in that regard. But what was your reaction to some of what he had to say? Right, listen, Rod Smith, Carl Mecklenburg, Tom Nalen, uh, Randy Gratishar, Mike Shanahan, the list goes on and on and on. All former Broncos, some legends that definitely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame and like Rod Smith said, don't even get a single vote. I, I still think there's some sort of Broncos bias 
And I'm not, I don't think I'm biased by saying that. I think it's apparent at this point. Uh, the recent Broncos entries maybe kind of uh, rustled the, the log jam a little bit, got a little more shine on who the Broncos have been historically as a franchise. But Rod Smith is factually correct, in my opinion, as well, that he is the greatest undrafted receiver of all time. And those who know, know. Those who followed his career, those who have even watched highlights, know how dominant Rod Smith was on a weekly basis for the Broncos. A lot of people, and I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to risk my screen uh, going out of sync because I want to read a couple things to you um, from this piece, one of which, Zach, is kind of the not so much criticism of his career, but one of the justifications for him not being in the Hall of Fame or even garnering like Hall of Fame consideration at all that I hear from some national media types is that, yeah, you know, he had a, a 12 year playing career, won two Super Bowls, uh, you know, Broncos all time leading receiver, et cetera. But he only had three Pro Bowl selections. And he only earned two All-Pro nods, and they were both second team, which is laughable because, first of all, this dude finished, again, franchise all-time. Even the great Demarius Thomas, RIP, uh, couldn't quite catch Rod Smith on what I'm about to tell you, 849 receptions, 11,389 yards, and 68 touchdowns. And you go, okay, that should be good enough uh, by itself. But then you consider, well, wait a minute. What is perhaps one of the reasons Rod Smith didn't garner those individual accolades and that attention during his playing career? And I'll tell you why. When people back then thought of the Broncos offense, because for the majority of the stretch, Rod Smith was a Bronco. They were a winning. The Broncos were winners. They were playoff uh, factors every single year. And when people thought of the Broncos offense, Zach, what did they think about? They thought about Mike Shanahan's mm -hmm. thousand yard running back factory. That's what they perceived. And so that's where a lot of the love and like the stories would go, et cetera. Not never on Rod Smith, who just quietly kept his head yeah. down, led his team and produced at a prolific and consistent level for 10 of those 12 years. Uh, he was insane. Eight of them, Zach, thousand yard uh, receiver. And Mike Shanahan, this is the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to serve it back to you in, de in defense of Smith's bid or worthiness for the Hall of Fame said, quote, Rod Smith is one of the biggest reasons why we did win those back to back Super Bowls. You don't get any stronger than how he led on and off the field throughout his career. He never missed one offseason program, and he took as much pride in the running game as he did in the passing game. In my opinion, he definitely deserving of the Hall of Fame. Again, those who know, know. And it's a shame that the Hall of Fame and certain accolades are dependent on Pro Bowls, and that's become the end-all, be-all. But uh, Rod Smith did a lot of the so-called dirty work for that Mike Shanahan offense to thrive. And I can't really add too much onto what you were saying because you are 100% correct. I will say, though, that if Rod Smith had Peyton Manning at quarterback for even two seasons, he would be a first-ballot Hall of Famer, no question in my mind. I think he would already be in the Hall of Fame, Zach, if he would have been a first-round pick. The fact sure. that he was undrafted, sure. even though he repudiated that with his body of work, that confirmation bias that exists not only within the league but media and players themselves, like, hey, if he was a first-round pick and he won two Super Bowls, Zach, and you know he uh, finished his career with over 11,000 receiving yards, yeah, it would be a no-brainer. This dude would be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but – I think that, unfortunately, is another one of the factors that has kept him out of consideration. 
and it's it's not fair. It's not right. I don't blame Rod for feeling the way he does. I'd feel slighted too, but uh, his is a all too often uh, unfortunate case in Broncos country. I mentioned all the figures that should be in, and he's just one of them. Hopefully, he'll get his due someday, though. I love this from Scott. So you screwed up by not sending Rod Smith to the Pro Bowl more. Don't turn one mistake into two. Sure. Um, so yes, very very well said. Uh, I just want to, I see a couple of super chats. I'm going to grab a comment here in a second from, um, orange Bucky, but I'm going to grab these two first from FA, another massive stupor. Thank you, bro. I mean, I don't want it to sound passe. I just want you to know how much we love and appreciate you. It really helps us keep the lights on this time of year. Big dog says, how is Mike Shanahan and Rod Smith, uh, not in the hall of fame? Rod Smith's career numbers are almost as good, uh, as urban's except one more super bowl ring. And Mike Shanahan speaks for himself just blasphemy so talking about michael Irvin, i mean you look at some of the receivers to fa and zach uh that have recently gone to the hall like heinz ward heinz ward more deserving than rod smith the whole argument zach for heinz ward uh like the icing on the cake argument i should say uh for heinz ward was and he was just such a great blocker just unself or just selfless uh, willing to go to war for the team, didn't care if it took away from his receiving stats. He was a great physical blocker, and he willing at that. And he smiled a lot. Rod Smith, dude, that is Rod Smith. Um, I mean, none of these guys, Tory Holt, um, Isaac Bruce, they're all great. They are all deserving of the Hall of Fame. What I'm telling you is not that they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. What I'm telling you is, if wide receivers of that caliber. Because, again, when we mentioned those guys, even Terrell Owens, we're not talking about Jerry Rice here because Jerry had the stats, the accolades, and the rings. We're talking about, I mean, even Randy Moss. Again, all these guys deserving of the Hall of Fame. But when Rod Smith is on the outside looking in and doesn't even get consideration, I'm sorry, it demeans the actual meaning, value, sanctity of what the Pro Football Hall of Fame is supposed to represent for these guys that make it. There's two reasons for that as well. Compared to the receivers that you mentioned, T.O. and Randy Moss, Rod Smith was a very clean-cut guy. He didn't have the outbursts. He didn't have the personality, the volatility of those other receivers. And what it comes down to, Chad, Heinz Ward played for the Steelers. Uh, uh, Michael Irvin played for the Cowboys. Terrell Owens, Cowboys. Those franchises will always get preferential treatment from the Hall of Fame voters. They will always have more players in the Hall than the Broncos, and that's where I think the, the bias does come in. And I love, too, Scott uh, bringing up, thank you for this reminder. Yeah, Heinz Ward, a, a prolific blocker, dirty, known as a very dirty blocker for what it's worth. The Duchess, another one on her birthday. <laughs> She's gifting us Incredible. on her birthday. That's the caliber of – human being Michaela Parker is she says thank you all for the wishes and then hashtag put rod in the hall of fame amen sister um and that's one of my conclusions in in my article kind of riffing off of what uh, off of Thomason's piece is that unfortunately or fortunately however you want to look at it I, I would say unfortunately because it shouldn't be left up to the fans to um have to step up in any way shape or form for what is right to be made right but in order for Rod Smith to even have a chance now uh, at the Hall of Fame with the current system and the voters being who they are, it will take like a cacophony of grassroots 
Broncos effort to vault him into the conversation, like sites like MHH who reach, you know, literally tens of millions of people every single year and others in our realm writing about this topic of Rod Smith's uh, uh, worthiness for the Hall of Fame and the fact that he's being snubbed consistently, regularly throughout each and every year. And then, of course, you know, there are other ways to try and influence things there. But I think, Zach, that's probably his his only bet here, unless somewhere along the way he gets put into one of these other categories. And then, But if it took that long, Zach, for Terrell Davis to get his just rewards, yeah. Steve Atwater, it's like it really gets depressing because you think, well, then what hope does Rod Smith really have? I mean, just keeping it real, if Rod Smith had a star on his helmet, he'd be in. If Rod Smith mooned the crowd like Randy Mostyn, <laughs> the sad reality, Chad, is sometimes a player's intangibles and their character and almost the image they want to get across and those who perceive them to be are put them over the top and make them more important or more noteworthy than some players. It's what's happening right now with Patrick Sertan. That's why some feel like Saws Gardner is a better cornerback than PS2, all because PS2 is low-key, hardworking, high character, just like Rod Smith. And not in a major NFL media market. Jasmine, thank you for the super sticker, my friend. We hope you, you are doing well. Uh, so great uh, every single time to see uh, ladies of MHH showing out. So hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, my friend. While we're still on the subject, Zach of Rod Smith, I want to grab this from Naj. Uh, great to see you, bro. Needs no introduction from us. A legendary, mythical member of our community. Can't wait to see you this fall, my, my friend. He says, hey, brothers, Rod Smith epitomizes what a Hall of Famer is. He played in a run-first offensive scheme. He was an unselfish blocker, and teams had to game plan for him. Multiple quarterbacks after Elway, and he was still dominant, always. Exactly, especially that immediate stretch following Elway's retirement where he kind of went through a the greasy era, uh, the Brian Greasy era, which then kind of morphed into a, you know, I mean, Danny Cannell. I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that had, had to hold down the fort before Shanahan signed Jake Plummer. Um, and then Jake Plummer, and then really it was the beginning of the Cutler era was the last year of Rod Smith's um, career. And he continued carrying water for all those cats. So, Naj, excellent points, my friend. I think the best way to describe Rod or one of the ways is like Tim Patrick on steroids. If you want to use a modern day equivalent, a guy who doesn't get much recognition might be uh, in Rod Smith's case, the best undrafted receiver of all time, but one of the most underrated players in NFL history yes. of all time. And, and same in, at least in Broncos canon with Tim Patrick, but just a guy that you would kill to have on your team 10 times out of 10. PJ, we're going to get your super chat next. I just want to keep it while we're here real quick. This last Thing, uh, on this Rod Smith topic from Orange Bucky on YouTube. Who do you want as the next Broncos Hall of Famer? So, Zach, this is actually somewhat of a tough question for me to answer because I have to then start going through orders of magnitude of uh, the, the, the miscarriage of football justice that is currently yeah. at play here in the NFL. And so it's really hard for me to, to say to like vault one guy. But I think first things first is even though Randy Gratishar has been the longest suffering of the of the main most deserving guys, I want to say my answer is Mike Shanahan. And here's why he's going to get in. Might not be this year, might not be next year, but he will get in the Hall of Fame because of his resume. 
And my hope, Zach, is that by him getting in, it helps kind of grease the gears, so to speak, for other members of those teams he coached to get in, like Rod Smith, like Tommy Nalen. Uh, so that would be my answer. Yeah, I mean, definitely Gratishar, um, Mecklenburg. You can flip a coin. They both deserve it. But my, I was thinking Mike Shanahan as well. I mean, you have Elway in there. You have Charles Davis in there. How about the coach that kind of put it all together and made that you know, you know that magic happen, so to speak? So Mike Shanahan's my choice as well. It's a football crime. He's not in Canton, Ohio right now. But even as I say what I just said, I think to myself, well, wait a minute. If Randy Gratishar doesn't soon get enshrined, if and when it happens, it might be posthumously because he's getting up there, right? He's getting quite long in the tooth. He's a very old man now. So it's one of those things where it's like when you ask, when someone asks you, uh, it doesn't happen often, but I have gotten this question many times. Hey, you've got X amount of kids. Which one's your favorite? It's like, well, I love them all. They're all my favorite. Same thing, kind of same principle here. So uh, good question, though. My friend, yeah. really appreciate you being with us tonight as well, Orange Bucky. Uh, so let's shift gears for a second to PJ, jumping in with the super. Appreciate you, big dog. He says, happy Sunday, guys. Question, why has the Mile High Salute diminished over the years? I don't see many players do it anymore. And also, he's wishing a happy B-Day to Michaela. So very cool. Thank you, PJ. Um, why? Well, I think because it was um, more so the creation of, it was created by the uh, Shanahan era team, specifically Howard Griffith, the fullback, and then appropriated by Terrell Davis, who then made it a household thing, the mile high salute. We use it literally every single day, that term. Right. When we send out our um, tag tweet, thanking our super chat superstars and um, Facebook supporters every night on Twitter, we use that hashtag mile high salute. But in terms of what PJ's asking Zach, why we don't see this as much, when a player scores a touchdown, for example, what do you suppose the reason for that is? I think the simple answer is because not many Broncos touchdowns have been scored in recent years. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. You want to be factually correct. I think that's the uh, way to look at it. But uh, it was kind of cool when Philip Lindsay brought it back when he wore TDs. Number yes. 10. He kind of repopularized that uh, that celebration. So that was a cool moment in Broncos history. But I think if they score more, you'll see it more. The fact is they haven't scored, and that's why it's been kind of uh, hidden in, in recent seasons. And honestly, um, I don't hate so much that it's kind of a uh, artifact of that era just because, you know, it's it's uh, not to say we don't we haven't seen it since the Shanahan years and not to say that we won't see it again. But it's just it's emblematic of that time period. And it's one of the cool kind of I don't know what would you like part of the ambiance when we think back and, and the, the, the romanticism of thinking back to those teams and whatnot. It's part of that. And if if guys on the team want to try and uh, honor that by keeping it alive, rad. But I'm not hating them uh, for not doing it. Not to say that's what you're asking, PJ. But George also jumping in. What's up, big dog? He says uh, Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey and Sharp all should be in the hall. Uh, so Shannon Sharp is in the Hall of Fame. Here's the guys from those Super Bowl winning teams that are in the hall. As Zach mentioned, John Elway, left tackle, uh, Zimmerman, Gary Zimmerman, uh, of course, Sharp, Terrell Davis, um, Steve Atwater. And then I'm pretty sure unless memory is betraying me here, that's it from those back-to-back -back world championship squads. And then you had, you know, a couple of guys from the later era, late Shanahan era, Champ Bailey, um, 
John Lynch get in, Zach? You can make the case for McCaffrey as well, but you know the topic was Rod Smith and just what he's done and how overlooked he's been, even in Broncos country, uh, is pretty astounding. So he, you know, there's a lot of candidates that are worthy of being in the hall. Uh, Ed McCaffrey was a great player, but Rod has the resume. And again, if he wore a different uniform or if he had a different quarterback or any other external factor he couldn't control, he would be in already. No doubt about it. Um, you know, that's the thing about these guys, specifically this short list of Shanahan, Smith, Nalen, Gratishar, Mecklenburg is all five of those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. As Zach talked about earlier, if they had a star on the side of their helmet, uh, an you know, an NY Giants on the side, even a Dolphin on the side, hmm. they would already be in the Hall of Fame. There's just some a Steeler, whatever that image is of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know what that is. It's emblematic sim, sim, symbolizes somehow the, the the steel mills of the old days. But um, those guys should be in the hall. When you look at who has the most bulletproof claim, I think Zach, in order of, it's so hard to order it. But Tom Nalen should be at the t- like near if if not the top. I know that. Um, now that I think about it, Tom Hall, who does so much of our stuff covering the Hall of Fame at MHH, I'm trying to remember, Zach, if he had Tommy Nalen, number one, most deserving, or Rod Smith. But to me, those two guys, as far as the players, are equal. And the reason I even – I should say, the reason I put them over, say, Gratishar or Mecklenburg is because – I'm sorry, but their resumes are more deserving. They won two Super Bowls. But neither of those guys were able to. Uh, Gratishar got to one, Mecklenburg got to three, but they couldn't get over the hump. There's so many, like I said, flip a coin. There's so many people, not just players, but also figures and coaches in, in Broncos canon that have been snob. I mean, the fact that it took Mr. B years to get in, and the fact that Jerry Jones got in before Pat Bowen was another travesty, but we've almost become desensitized by the Broncos being passed over. Rod Smith should be in. We have to hope that one day it will change. Got to hope, baby. Got to hope. Um, F.A. again. Again, F.A. Thank, thank you so, thank you much, so much, bro. On fire tonight, big dog. He says, Nalen needs to be in there for sure. He blocked for a million thousand-yard rushers. He was uh, the foundation of the West, uh, well, the zone blocking scheme. Orlando Scary, Mike Anderson, Clinton Portis, TD, the list goes on. Yeah, and here's another thing, uh, At the again, at the risk of my screen going out of sync. If you go to... Tommy Nalen's um, resume, all right? So we know he did all that, right? Blocked for those guys. We know that he uh, has the rings as well. Um, but he also has accolades that when you lay them individually, when you lay them side by side with the centers who are currently in the Hall of Fame, it really, you go, wait a minute. Why is this dude not in the Hall of Fame? Those guys are in the Hall. This guy's not. For example, he's got the two rings. Zach, he was a two-time first-team All-Pro. Remember, offensive lineman careers, especially in those days and, and before, were much more, I mean, you could maybe argue they're more finite now, but back then especially, you didn't see because of sports medicine not being as advanced as it is today, you didn't see those guys like sticking as long, right? But this dude played long enough, Zach, and at a high enough level that he brought home two first-team All-Pros as a center. Uh, a second team all pro five pro bowls 
All right. He was named to uh, the Denver Broncos 50th anniversary team. He's in his own team's ring of fame. And he was also named NFL alumni offensive lineman of the year in 2003. Again, miscarriage of football justice. Again, if he played for the uh, Packers, like Scott was saying, that's another legacy franchise that gets all the love by Hall of Fame voters. Uh, he'd be in. Also, another problem, and you're right, F.A., you laid out some great rushers he's blocked for, and those in Broncos country know that they were all great. But to the casual football fan chat, Orlandis, Gary, Mike Anderson, they're saying who? They would know yeah. Clinton Porter, so they would know Terrell Davis, but they're not those homegrown, you know, superstar names, and that sometimes gives a player an edge over another player. It's not fair, it's not right, but it is what it is. Oh man, Mike Anderson, talk about a just total stud, dude. Yeah. Um, man, I miss those days. I miss those days. And as as Colby's saying here, actually echoing here, I miss the days nailing. Uh, of Nalen where you never had to worry about center. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos have had a, a couple of decent centers post Nalen era, like Matt Paradis had a nice little stretch of time where he was one of the better centers in the NFL. But outside of him, I mean, I'm thinking JD Walton, I'm trying to think of some of the guys um, post Nalen, but, but yeah, he was a set and forget guy. And not only that, but he was lunch pale. He was loyal, wouldn't talk to the media, created that precedent where uh, the entire Broncos O-line, it was like, no, we're not, we won't talk to the media. And I, I don't know, man, I just so much respect for, for Tom Nalen. And for what it's worth, I really liked his radio show. When he ended up being the choice to replace uh, Big Alfred Williams on the drive, 104.3 The Fan, I was stoked on that. Back then, I actually listened to a lot of it uh, from from uh, like three to four in the afternoon, just because I wanted to hear Tom Nalen. He was funny, dude, and knowledgeable. And then I think he had some kind of, if memory serves, some kind of like a family emergency back home in Boston area where he's from that required his presence, like taking care of an ailing family member or parent or something like that. So this is a guy that said, adios, media career, just like that, dude. Boom, gone. And this was before like guys were make centers were making the kind of money they're making today. I'm sure he made plenty, plenty of money as a pro back in the day, but like, I don't know. I just respect the heck out of that guy. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty telling that you couldn't name many capable or above average starter starting center since Nalen, you know, the Broncos have been looking for that next foundational player. They haven't found him yet. And that's the thing about centers. You don't realize you need one until you need one. That's right. That's right, Colby. Miss those days, baby, of nailing in the set and forget. Um, <clears throat> okay, let me check here in the chat. There was one or two. Well, let's grab David Kilgore in the house. Been a super chat superstar here with us for a long time. Great to see you tonight, big dog. He says, just wanted to say, hey, guys, and Broncos country. It's been a hard week for me in dealing with the death of my father. Sorry so to hear sorry, that, bro. David. Hope everyone has a great week. Um, really, really saddened to hear that, David. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, big dog. Keep a stiff upper lip, and uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And if there's anything we can do, you know, as small as it may be, let us know, please, David. Thank you so much, and uh, it'll get better, man. And thank you so much for the super chat and the support, my friend. So that's why when we say if there's anything we can do to support you, yeah, uh, let us know, okay. Um, okay, all right, Zach, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, 
segue back to one last key topic I wanted to get to tonight, and then maybe what are we at? We're at 37 minutes. We can start winding it down. Sebastian, what's up, dude? Great to see you. How are you? Uh, appreciate the super chat, my friend. Thank you. But but Zach, um, maybe I overrate Woody Page, but to me, he is. You know, if you were to talk about Hall of Fame, the Hall of the the Denver Bronco or you know Denver Media Hall of Fame, uh, to me, he's one of the first two or three busts that would be in that hall. Um, I just love his work. He's usually right about a lot of his kind of more macro predictions. And Zach, one of the things, of course, he's now writing for uh, the Denver Gazette, but one of the things he is uh, predicting is, well, I'll just read this. This is from his latest column quote. And you know how he's a fun writer to read. He gets, uh, you know, he kind of gets a little weird and writers, especially like reading this kind of stuff. But here's what he said, quote, Twill be the night before Christmas and the eve of the new year when the Broncos are back in a holidays. Tis the season for only the fifth time in franchise history. The Broncos will play on December 24th and 31st for only the third time. They will win both on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And for the first time since 2015, the Broncos are back to business in the playoffs and then he goes on to say 11 is heaven. There's more to why he says that. But the, the cliff notes, bottom line here, takeaway, Zach, is what he's saying is Broncos are making the playoffs this season. What do you think? I don't think it's that unbelievable. I feel like a lot of people talking about the Broncos and making the playoffs, being a wild card team, like it's some impossible feat. You know, under Vic Fangio, for example, they weren't that close from being a 9-10 winning club. Things didn't go their way. They didn't have the quarterback. They didn't have the coaching, yada, yada. Now you have a, a much better coaching staff. You have, you know, everything we always talk about, much better quarterback play, a healthier team. There is no reason why, looking at the Broncos on paper, you can be as biased against them as you want. But if you look at the talent, you look at Sean Payton as a coach, probably the third best head coach in the NFL for being objective. What's not to like about their chances? It's not crazy at all to say that they can be a 9-10 win team. In fact, that should be the expectation, not the hope. It's To me, it's, it's encouraging to know that they have a pretty balanced roster, but it still comes down to the quarterback and whether or not Sean Payton can um, you know, coax that vintage version of Russ Wilson back out onto the grass and I'm very optimistic. I mean, I think that's what is going to happen. To what degree exactly, uh, time will tell. Come on, StreamYard. Let's go, buddy. Let's go. Um, but that's, the, that's really what, to, for me, it boils down to. It's not so much of will the Broncos make the playoffs. It's will Sean Payton get that out of Russell Wilson? Because if that happens, then to me, it's fate complete playoffs because it's Sean Payton. It's Russell Wilson. It's a quarterback-driven league. You get, you've checked a lot of the uh, roster boxes that you need to when you talk about the cornerstones of a franchise that can compete for world championships, with the exception, perhaps, of Edge, right? You don't really have like a Von Miller style. And when I say Von, I know he's an all-timer, but like a set-and-forget double-digit sack guy on the edge, which is considered to be you know, one of those cornerstones you got to have, along with franchise queue, a left tackle, and a corner. But 
one of these guys, Frank Clark, you know, he's gotten there in his career. Not a lot, but he gets dang close almost every year. And Randy Gregory, if the cat can stay healthy, maybe he can get there. But I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. For me, it starts with, do you believe Sean Payton can overcome the incompetence and the damage that was done by Nathaniel Hackett and kind of make that go away, bring Russ back? Because if so, then it's really a downhill from there as far as I'm concerned. I think you nailed it. I For the Broncos to be a playoff team, Russ has to be, let's say, a top 12 quarterback. And can Sean Payton turn Russ into a top five quarterback again? You know, that, that jury's still out. But based on how Russ played at the end of last season, he was playing like a top 12 guy with a much worse coaching staff. And if he can do that with, you know, them, Jerry Rossberg and Justin Outen, who's to say that he can't even be better than top 12 under the wing of Sean Payton? But just getting him to that level, getting him to be above average, good, doesn't have to be a pro bowler. We've been saying that for years on this podcast. They have the defensive talent. They just have to have an offense that can pull their own weight. Who in Broncos country doesn't feel like the Broncos under Sean Payton, even with age 35 Russ, can't pull their own weight? They're going to do that and more in 2023. Got a uh, super chat from Sebastian. Appreciate you again, bro, saying Mark Schlereth, stink, needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Hashtag MHH, go Broncos. Um, I don't disagree that he has a Hall of Fame-worthy resume. I just think that he's one of those guys that's, more kind of for the hall of the very good yeah because really zach there's two um two selling points for his for a, a hall of fame bid for mark schlereth one is he won three rings all right two with the broncos one with uh washington he was only a two-time pro bowler though all right but he did all that zach as a former 10th round pick so there is an argument to be made for Schlereth and the Hall. Uh, started 140 games. Compare that to Tom Nalen, who started 188 games. Um, there is an argument to be made. I'm just not sure myself that I would consider him like bona fide Hall of Fame material. But then when you also look at his impact on the game, after his playing career, you know, as a media guy locally and then going on to be a color commentary guy on, on Fox Sports, on broadcasting, yeah, I think that might help him a little too. I think you're right about him, the Hall of the Very Good, and I think we remember Stink a lot better because he was a Bronco, kind of like Aqib Tlaib. You mentioned that the other night, Chad. You tend to gravitate toward guys that are your own, and you would hate those same guys, and you would disrespect those same guys if they weren't playing for your team. But you also brought up the Media Hall of Fame for Woody Page. I'm not putting Schlereth in there at all. I mean, as, as a media member, he's way too wishy-washy. But moving, moving on. Yeah, but uh, really interesting topic. Thanks, bro. David says, would you all support bringing back Dalton Reisner, putting him at right guard, moving minors to center? No. Um, I wouldn't. No. Zach, I wouldn't be against the Broncos bringing him back to be a swing guard, basically. That's what I would but I just don't think that's a bridge he would cross because of the, you know, just the the shame he would feel of starting for four years, hitting free agency, languishing all the way till the summertime when training camp's about here, being offered Zach to come back as a backup. 
I think he would walk away and go farm in Wiggins before he would actually do that as much as he loves the Broncos, because it's just, you know, it's a, it's, it's a respect thing. Cause in his mind, he should be, he should have gotten an extension a long time ago and he should be still holding down the fort at left guard. Yeah. Meanwhile, in reality, he's still unsigned. And I agree with uh, William Catalano here. I want nothing to do with Dalton Reisner. I love the pick at first. I love what he was his rookie season, but he has fallen off such steep a cliff since that rookie year. And you know what? Right now, I'm looking at the Broncos depth chart. Their backup guards are Quinn Bailey and Kyle Fuller and and something called Will Sherman. I will take (laughs) them over Dalton Reisner, even as a swing guy. I want nothing to do with him coming back to Denver. All right. Well, Zach, I uh, I think we got to all the topics tonight, unless there's anything else you want to grab. No, on that note, I think we can uh, safely wrap this one up. That was another tremendous episode, I believe, Chad believes, of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad N. Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, we already shouted it out once, but we'll tell y'all again. MHHmerch.com. Check that out if you haven't already. And on Facebook, be sure you're following the page at facebook.com slash Pod. If you're on Instagram, follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And an Apple podcast, make sure you're leaving your football pre-safe five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, please Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That it does. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight and supporters, starting with the birthday girl, Michaela Parker. Happy birthday. Uh, Woofy Malat F.A. Love you, big dog. Gary Palmer. Jasmine. PJ. Naj. <coughs> pardon me. David Kilgore. Sebastian Walker, George Fox, Colby C. Collier. Much love and respect, guys. Can't wait to talk to you again tomorrow night. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.